Howdy, 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 folks. It's episode 45 of Play Games, Lose Friends. I'm Ryan, back here with Ken, as always. Thanks again for joining us. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Excited to be back. Super yes, pumped. It's been a it's been a hot two, three weeks, I think. We tried to do this, what, last weekend, couldn't fit it in, so here we are today. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about because oh, we we've got a whole about. game day. Yeah. Yeah, a whole game day. And two game nights, uh, right? And two game nights, and then some other good stuff. Uh, and then we'll go over, uh, continue our top 50 list. We're at 40 to 31. And uh, spoiler, I've got a lot of new ones on there, so this should be fun to talk about. I also and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap up and have quite a move bit. on to the next. I also have quite a bit in that of area. new? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. This should be good. I knew, because we, last year was the first year we did this, right? Yes. So I figured, like, we're going to look at our collections. We're going to have some recency bias, all that stuff. Yeah. But then once we, you know, have a full year under our belts and we get to the next list, I was thinking it's not going to look anywhere close. And it's it's pretty different. Uh, yeah, mine, mine definitely, there was a lot that, that somehow disappeared. I don't know, maybe I did my list wrong, but um, <laughs> it happened. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of new stuff that that came into the list. I think there's a lot of stuff that, again might might stay on here might get bumped um you know as we go into next year we know we have our our resolution games we're trying to get knocked off we you know you and i have been um uh, well maybe more me but i've been getting more therapy around not buying games and working with what we got and playing the games we have and so uh, Uh, who knows what that list is going to be wonderful thing it's yeah (laughs) We're, we're turning into real boys. Yes, <laughs> no more island of what was it? What was the Peter the Pinocchio island where they turned into donkeys from smoking and playing pool? What was that? What was the name of that island? Except for ours, it's board games and Lorcana, but whatever. Yeah. Oh, a little, little bit of column A, a little oh, bit of column B. All Lorcana, what a good time! Into the yeah. Inklands, baby. Chapter three. Yeah, chapter three. And uh, I would imagine that's going to end up being as hard to get as everything else, right? Uh, yeah, so, uh, well, uh, our buddy at DGN Sports Cards, uh, has finally gotten on the list for distribution. So, if you remember, a few shows ago, we talked about our buddy, uh, who runs DGN Sports Cards. Um, I was there for a learn and play event where I helped teach, uh, people the game because. Uh, so that was a, a Saturday, a few Saturdays ago, and uh, that is actually where I bought my first booster box on Friday, because he has distribution. So uh, we'll be able to get our hands on product. Um, did I was, you crack it? I cracked the booster box. Um, and? I did not any pull, hits? I did not pull any enchanted. And Damn. So that was earlier in the day, Friday. And then I went to the pre-release event and entered a raffle to win another or to win the opportunity to purchase a booster box at a reduced price. And I won that. <laughs> oh, no shit. And cracked, Wow, so you got a lot of the new set already. And cracked the second booster box. No enchanted. <laughs> But I'm, uh, well, I also found out that 
Then he rented a raffle for a third box. No. Uh, well, I did get the gift set and the trove raffles as well. So, uh, but I'm keeping the trove oh my sealed. God. I'm keeping Were you the, the only tr- one there. No, it wasn't a tournament of what? <laughs> Who'd you pay? <laughs> no. Uh, so the, the trove is going to stay wrapped. Apparently the troves this time are. Even rarer than they were the first two times. So I was lucky enough wow. to get uh, a trove for chapter one. I still don't have a trove for chapter two, which I'll have to hopefully get the book some other way. But now with the new trove, what they did was they brought in the dividers for cards, which if you remember, like Pokemon brings you dividers. And yep. instead of the like the book that shows you all the cards, they got rid of that book. But they gave you dice and a lore counter. So, like, they're trying to, like, make the box better. But I think that might blow back on them without having that little booklet. That's I like the little booklet. But um, but it is what it is. I, maybe I'm in the minority. Um, but I did. When I, you say little booklet, do you mean, like, to display cards? Well, no, no, no. How it shows. You know how it's like a booklet, like in the Pokemon uh, ETBs, where you could see the whole all the cards in the set? It shows you. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, so they do like like the little catalog of cards or the portfolio of cards. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember those. Well, they took that out, but now they've replaced that with a lore counter and dice to keep track of damage instead of the little plastic, uh, not even plastic, the little paper minus ones and minus threes, which are super chintzy anyway. So, yeah. Um, so I might have to get and maybe my there hands. was like uh, tournament feedback for, for maybe need for that stuff. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny you mention that um, because with this new set, um, uh, games haven't been going to time as much as they were in the last two sets. Now, what I mean by that is you have a, you have fifty it's minutes more aggressive. to complete, you know, to win the best two out of three, and if you get yeah. to that, it goes to time or turns, and you it's zero, one, two, three, four, five. So there's Sort of six more turns, right? Three each. Whoever was the turn it was up, that was turn zero. Uh, and if you can't, if you can't win in that turns, then it basically, you know, either ends in a tie or it just is what it is. So the, uh, the new mechanic they added or the new card type they've added is called, uh, their lands. And basically it's like an enchantment you can go and visit if you pay a cost. But what's amazing about these lands are some of them give you lore every turn and you don't have to do anything. You just get free lore. And it has really made the games a little bit faster. Maybe almost too fast. However, if you don't balance your deck properly with the lands versus the characters versus, you know, some spells and some, you know, control, it may not be, it may not work out for you. But it's a pretty neat new uh, new card type. So it actually won me my well, first game. Maybe because I almost. Uh, yeah, I wonder if they got feedback. Yeah, I don't about, know about like length of time and. St- I mean, you would think that they kind of had that designed well in advance, though. You would before. think, right? But maybe after the first set, it influenced it. Who knows? I'd be curious to see, like a, you know, like a designer diary or something. Yeah. So I finished two and two. Uh. Because I was almost too heavy lands, but I didn't realize it until I, you know, mid midway through the tournament. So I made the tweaks and ended with a, you know, middle of the pack score of two and two. Um, but league starts this Tuesday, 
And then League Number Two starts the following Friday. So <laughs> I'll be in good shape. Plenty of Lorcana to go around. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt getting two booster boxes of the new set, like, right away. Which yeah. It was awesome. Not so easy to do the last time. No, I wasn't even possible. Um, yeah. Again, if Rob didn't get product, or if DGN didn't get product, I would just have one box. You know, I wouldn't have bought another box there. Oh, but what I wanted to say, yeah. too, was if you're buying boxes, uh, buying a case of boosters does not guarantee you an Enchanted anymore. It seems that there, potentially this whole ratio got screwed up, where uh, cases aren't even guaranteeing an Enchanted, and there's a chance that you can get multiple Enchanted, supposedly. Uh, like a miracle box. Wow. So, who the hell knows? Um, but we cracked four boxes out of a case between three of us and, and a fourth person, and there was no enchanted in any of, any of them. So, wow, that's not good. So, or it could get better, right? It could mean that randomly, whatever you buy could still have enchanted in it, which is crazy. So, who knows? And again, that's just what you they didn't explain that in any fashion. No, nope. they just nope. Huh. We found out the I mean, hard maybe way. You we just found got, out the hard way. We yeah. got a skunk case. But Wasn't then, it supposed to be one per box before? Well, the original enchants were one per case. You couldn't. You weren't guaranteed one in in a booster box. Okay. It was one per case. So how many boxes in a case? What? Eight? Four. 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 Yeah. So we cracked four boxes and no no enchanted between wow. between yeah. four of us. Okay. So. Yeah. So either real shitty luck or yeah, they, they definitely changed it. Yeah, so... Well, I mean, the uh, good thing is, though, that's the case. That drives the value way the hell up. So if you do get one, you're yes. sitting yeah. pretty if it grades high. And they added some. So it used to be 12 in the first two sets. Now there's 18. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe that's why they changed the rates then. I don't know. I don't know. Because the eight... set size isn't real big, right? Nope, still 204. Still 204. Oh, okay. Which I'm 18 cards away. Well, it's 222. Two or two twenty, if you count the sixteen or the eight. Actually, two twenty-two, if you count the eight, uh, the yeah, eighteen the enchanted. enchanted. Yeah. But what they did was this: is the first time they enchanted a song, an action, and a land. So it's kind of cool. Um, oh, it was always characters. It was always that. characters. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So it's kind of neat. There's some really cool stuff. Cool. Yeah. Well, congrats on the boxes. I'm surprised you ended up winning a raffle to get one, but goddamn, that's nice. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, at this point, I'm hoping I can get the rest of my cards through trading or getting them in the league nights. Um, or worst case scenario, I have to play booster roulette again. But the it's crazy yeah. the cards I didn't pull. Like at at some of like the regular rarity slots, it's crazy this distribution. So, <laughs> well, Godspeed, buddy, and yeah. I hope you uh, dominate both leagues. Yes, I'm excited. I'm pumped. Yeah, but they're coming for me. The guys at the at the pre-release, they're like, "We'll see you on League Night," <laughs> since I'm like defending champion. <laughs> I'm so. sure they're gonna bring their A game, but yeah. I, I would imagine you'll be fine, especially if you got some time to play with the third set already and sort of understand some of the mechanics that balance out with the existing archetypes, you'll probably yeah. be fine. Yep. Yeah. Well, so good that, luck. That is, that's like the big, 
CCG or TCG played for me. <laughs> None for me. I am uh, I'm smarter than that. Yeah, I, I would love to, but I'm smart. <laughs> I uh, know what will happen if I, I start. I know, and I, know. I, I just I can't do it. I can't do it. All right, let's talk about the games we did play together, though. Uh, okay. We had a game day at your place to celebrate your birthday, and we got to play some of the stuff that you had either had in the collection or picked up new. So why don't we start uh, with what do we think? What do we play first? Ancient knowledge. Ancient knowledge. Or no, Empire's End. Was that, oh, was em- it? I can't remember. I think no, Empires and we played first. So there were two games yeah. that I had purchased uh, in twenty three. That uh, one was a Kickstarter, which was Empires End, and the other was um, one of Yellow's straight to retail games this year. And they both looked very interesting and neat. So I wanted to get those to the table, and we decided to play Empires End first, which I believe is John Declare. If I'm not mistaken, it sure is. Uh, and he leave it to him vale and Cubitos. Fan. Yes, <laughs> leave it to this guy <laughs> to find a new, unique way to uh, sort of do something and flip. I guess sort of flip mechanics on their heads, right? From card crafting to um, what engine building to race, and now what? What would you even consider Empire's End like? reverse tableau a little bit building. of bidding war like <laughs> it's weird yeah, i mean it, it's more like uh no thanks right in that you you're putting resources on cards do you want to just give a breakdown like quick of how you play yeah so empire's end uh, at the start of the game everyone gets the same uh setup of uh sort of um they're like these lands uh, or locations. yeah they're like lands like locations yeah 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 there's so i think there's what 13 or 12 i think there's 12 at 12 or 13. Anyway, so, uh, and then they're all, everyone has them the same way. And then you have this deck of cards that tells you what slot is going to be potentially destroyed. And you go around and you bid to sort of not take the disaster that's going to happen to that land slot. And what happens if it happens, if you, if, uh, so it'll keep going around and around until someone passes. Now, if you pass, that means you have to take one of the disasters and then you, then you destroy your area. You get that card, and then you get all the resources that were on there prior. So it's not all gloom and doom. And then throughout the whole course of the game, every round, you're going to do something different. There'll be different round types. So um, there'll be income phases. There'll be damage phases, or these disaster rounds. There'll be, uh, what was the army? Or like a war round. And then there was industry, yep. right? So depending this so there's this track that every round you can sort of see what's coming up or what round or what type of round it's going to be um and then you want to prepare to do the right things in the right time to sort of have this smooth tableau uh, of lands functioning and then you can upgrade the lands to get special abilities which are those cards that uh, have the disasters on them so you tuck them underneath uh, then there's end game scoring you can manipulate. You can move lands around. You can repair lands. So there's just, it's a lot going on, but it's super simple as far as the mechanics of the bidding, getting resources, you know, fixing things, upgrading things, moving things. Uh, yeah. And it just goes around this track and you do something new and different every round. Um, and at the end, um, you just score your, score your town. Each town has a, uh, uh, sort of a value um, 
and they 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 vary from I think what thirty four is the highest or something like that maybe in the in the thirties. Yeah, so whatever is not destroyed, and some that are pretty low. Yeah, so whatever is not destroyed, uh, at the end you get to count them, and then the end game scoring uh, of of like if they have any the uh, triggers at the end. So that's Empire's End. I uh, I liked it. It moves quickly, so like it's not one of those games that you know there's a lot of downtime. I thought the track that we moved along went pretty quick once we learned the rules of the game. Um, I thought the decision space is fun. I like no thanks. So like anytime you have yeah. a bidding mechanic like that where you just don't want to deal with the bad news, it's kind of fun to see. And you're constantly weighing, you know, whether or not you want to take that just because you want those resources to prevent future disasters or even worse. And then some of the, like the shuffling of, so like the lands you have in front of you can get shuffled around in order. And so some of the cards have like adjacency bonuses for scoring and you can kind of manipulate that sometimes to help, but it also is kind of dangerous because you don't really know what's going to end up coming to get disasters on, on some of the lands. Maybe you already positioned to score more. So you're always kind of wrestling with what to do. Um, there is an element of randomness to it, but I, I think yeah. for the most part, you can kind of strategically plan what you're going to do. Um, I don't know. This is like a really good, like sort of close ish middleweight filler game. Um, and it's, it's, you know, takes no thanks to another level more or less, which is, I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. I, um, I definitely like that. It sort of took the concept of no thanks and added tableau building, um, with that little bit of engine puzzly, you know, tweaking. Um, I will disagree with you on one thing, though. I felt that the track for four players, I think it's four, I think it plays up to five. So the board we were playing on was four, maybe I think three to five players. It felt like there was a lot of spots. I feel like you could have cut five rounds out of it. I don't know. It just felt like it got a little uh, it, long, it did. The, a little long towards the end. I was getting a little like, and maybe that's just because I didn't want to get screwed up. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> like I was so, I was just like, I just need this to end. But 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 still, it felt like I don't know. I I I, I guess I could have used less, less of the rounds. I don't know. I th I think I don't know. It's probably balanced to be that length. But I also think like it was. We played one game, right? We didn't play this twice, did we? No, no we, we only didn't. played one game. And, you know, we were kind of like figuring things out at the beginning and asking some questions. So I, I honestly think like it would go much okay. faster. All right. Like, I, I think it's probably just a little bit too long, but I still think we'd be fine if we played it again. All and right. that's definitely one I would play again. If you suggested that for like a midweight filler, I'd be like, yep. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, not bad. And then we moved on to uh yellow's ancient knowledge which i had never heard anything about other than what you had told me a while back um this one was kind of mid for me uh basically you're you're getting these cards uh kind of cycling through your board to uh pass time i guess that like a time mechanic goes and these cards kind of like pass through the eras until they're you know, artifacts or ancient or whatever, and they go to some other space and you're trying to basically get these knowledge tokens off of them before they get to that spot, or you're going to get negative points for those knowledge tokens. Um, a lot of the cards have special effects that let you do all kinds of manipulation of that or score points or whatever. And then you're counting victory points at the end. That's kind of like the high level summary of the game. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what I thought. 
Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. So I'm, I'm, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I'll just add it sort of, um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a good amount of iconography, um, and, and, and a good amount of combos with cards, um, to like move them in time so that you have more, uh, time to use their abilities and get those, those, those ancient knowledges off so you don't get, uh, dinged. Yeah. Uh, there's other cards that when you remove ancient knowledge, those will trigger and do stuff. So there's like a, it, it, there's a lot going on in this, in this tableau. But it, it's almost like mini engine builder, but not enough to actually be an engine builder, if that makes sense. Yeah, Which yeah. Comboing is like, right. You're it's, right. Yeah, it's more combo y than engine. Um, and, um, you know, I had, um, I'd seen this, you know, I guess somewhere in the middle of the year, last year, and it's yellow. So that I, I, I typically lean in on yellow stu- products. Uh, this felt like my type of game with, you know, the combos, the tableau building, manipulating, you know, uh, different um, sort of abilities to then make other abilities stronger. Um, but honestly, I am going with you. I'm sort of like, a, meh, like it, it was, like, yeah. like, I don't know if it was, the, again, the length. It or, did feel a little long, yeah. Or like just it was sort of. There really wasn't much happening during other players' turns, uh, which I don't know if that's just something that uh, now that I'm older, I hate. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. No shit. I don't know why. That's just been like my like pet peeve since December about like <laughs> other people's turns. I need something to do. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know. I'm getting – I have to fix that. I don't know what it is, but – I don't know. I'm going to buy you like – autistic fidget spinners and shit for in between people's turns you have something to occupy a ball have, of yarn perhaps I, I have those but uh but anyway um so this was one i know it's a newer game but i want to play it like maybe once or twice more and then see if it actually has staying power um i think this is one that's worth going back to uh another time or, or two tops before it, it it goes on its way or Maybe it hangs out for a little longer, based on those couple players. Yeah, I think I think I agree. Like it's too, it's impossible to judge a game off of a single play. I was reading a thread on Reddit about well, that's not true. Complaining, <laughs> <laughs> people complaining about reviewers posting reviews of games they played one time, and it's like, I mean, it, they've got a fair point. I think we just need to play it again, but. I don't know, man. There's so many games that you have that I have that fill that that are midweight filler type yes. like that tableau yes. building. That it, it's going to have a really tough time kicking some of those out of those spots. Like even later when we talk about more of the top fifty, there's some stuff yeah. in there that that game's not going to stand up to. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I'd play it a couple more times and just check it out. All right. Uh, then we moved on to I believe a birthday, uh, birthday gift. gift from. My Your wife. lovely wife. My wife. And uh, this was something we saw at PAX. I almost picked it up. I wish I did, but you beat me to it, and I'm glad that one of us has it because it was fantastic, and that is a trick taker from all play called Lunar. So why don't you bust down how that game works because this is a doozy. Yes. So <laughs> um, on the, I guess, on the tail end of 23 or the trick-taking renaissance as we had, uh, came all plays just, you know, 
gut punch of of trick takers, right? Uh, and this one, I th- think, might be close to the top uh, of their trick takers from last year. Uh, basically, Luna is a four-player. I think uh, is it, it's a four-player game where you are in two teams of two. And you have uh, six, I think it's six. I think you get six suits and six um, sort of uh, value cards. Number cards. Number cards, yes. And at the start of the round, you pass four cards, two of each, to your partner. They'll give you cards. And then you'll decide what is Trump. You'll go around the table uh, declaring there's only four suits, uh, four colors. Uh, people will remove a color. So three to the four players will get to decide Trump and whatever is still face up at the table. That is Trump for that round. And there's a score track based on how many tricks you take that round, whether you score 10 points, five points or zero points. If you get into that weird spot Um, and it's the first team to 30 points wins. Now the trick here is, which is what I love about this game is your whatever a, a player goes first on the team, they can either set the value of the trick or they could set the suit of the trick. You have to follow suit unless you can't, but you don't also have to, if, if like the lead player plays a color card or the suit, you don't have to go suit. You can go value, but your player, your partner has to play the suit. And their player, their their partner has to play the value. So basically, it's a two it's a two card trick taker in a way. It's just each team member is laying one half of that card, and yeah. first team to thirty wins. Did you mention the stars? Oh, that's right. I did not mention the stars. So on some of the cards, some of the suit cards, and some of the number cards, there's a little star. So at the end, when you count your tricks on the score tracker. Uh, you also then add one point for every star you were able to capture in, in a trick. Uh, and that gets added to your score. So if you have zero, you fall in that zero bucket of scoring, but you got three stars in your tricks, you would get three points. And that is so, over. What I love about this game, aside from it being a trick taker, <laughs> because I love almost every trick taker I play, because I love trick takers. What I love about this is very similar to what I love about Cat in the Box in that when the hand starts, you have no idea, more than likely no idea what's going to be out there unless you count cards. Because the first card played does not mean anything other than this might be the suit or this might be the number that wins the hand, which normally is this case in most trick takers. The fact that there's no suit unless someone plays a suit card is crazy and weird. I've never played a game like cat in the box does it where you pick the color when you play the card, right? The numbers defined, but you pick the color. This takes it a step further and separates the two into separate sets of cards. And you and your, your partner have to work together to kind of plan out how to execute the hand, knowing the suits and numbers you have versus what you passed each other. The strategy is just delicious. And then on top of that, the I don't remember if you mentioned this or not, but there's tokens to decide which player on each team is the leader. So every time a trick is, yeah, so like it, it will switch throughout the game. And then on top of all of that, it's like playing a, a trick taker on stilts. On top of all of that, the trump changes constantly. And it's based off, you know, the team that's lowest in score, their leader is the first one to eliminate a suit. So no matter what you're doing, 
no matter how much you think you kind of have a grasp on how to play that game, every round is so much different than the last, and it's just very, very cool. So on top of that, the production of the game, like like all the all-play trick-takers that we've seen, Bacon, Sale, uh, Mori, all of those, they've just been, it's fantastic. Yeah. So this this was a huge hit for us. Uh, your brother, or sorry, your, your cousin-in-law uh, <laughs> and I teamed up and stomped you guys, which I was shocked because normally you are very much a shark at trick-taking games, but I don't think the cards helped you that day. No, but this one we played this, again, and you and I lost. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so just—it's. I'm the common bad. denominator. I'm bad. Um, it's <laughs> this one. This one is like we got screwed by cards. I do put this one in the cat in the box category. Like I love the game. I love it so much. I'll always play this game. But I don't know if I'm getting good or I'm getting better <laughs> at it or I'm getting worse the more I play it. Like it's just—it's it, so twisty. You know, like everything I know I about the, trick takers, you throw out the window and just like yeah. you have to improv. Oh, yeah. You know, this isn't a and the, the card passing too. Like you, you've you've played games before where you pass cards, yeah. but this one you're 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 dealing with both suits and numbers, right? And you're trying to balance yeah. out what you pass so that you have a balanced hand, or you're trying to pass so that you're out of a suit, even though you can't necessarily guarantee trump right away. Yeah, that's. Right? I think that's what's so like you're me, not cause sure because in other trick yeah. in other like traditional trick taking games, yeah. if you can get a bear suit, that is huge. That is uh-huh. so huge because you can run. And the you're game. gambling in this one, and this you're yeah, 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 yeah. Because you that might be the Trump suit, the one you just pitched and have none of. So then you have to hope that your partner plays it, or you have to play the numbers better enough, you better to get those trumps out. Like it's. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's a lot. And, I love and then it, the balance of passing stars or holding them, or if you have a bunch, passing them along so that the tricks you take, you're going to get their stars and vice yeah. versa. There's like all these little things about it that are like pieces of optimization that you have to try to get the hand you want, and all while not trying to end up on that zero spot on the trick marker, because that's the one that drives most of the scoring in the game. It's just so good. It's so well designed. I would say. You know, we played it, we could have had it in 2023. We played it, you know, in, in 2024. I would say that might have been right up there with Sale as one of my favorite games of last year had we gotten it last year because it's just such a unique version of a trick taker. I've never played anything like it. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. You're, we're probably going to talk about Lunar again tonight. <laughs> It's that no, good. That's fine. I, I, it's that good. It's I think that it, good. It's it. This if one I hadn't is... made my list before we played, it probably would have snuck into mine as well. This so I don't this, blame you one bit. Yeah this this one this one's something special. Uh, this one might again we have we haven't played all of all plays trick takers. We've played a lot. This one is my favorite all play one uh, right now. Um, yeah, we didn't. You also got Mori. We didn't get to play that. We get to play Mori. We did play yeah. Bacon at Pax. And I, Bacon and Scout are so much like each other that I'd just rather play Scout, personally. But Bacon wasn't bad. It definitely yeah. wasn't bad. Uh, we also got, like, five minutes of sea salt and paper, and we've talked about that already. I won't even mention it, really. Just wish we could have played more. Um, I definitely want to play more of that game soon, so i got to bring it home when we have our next game night for filler. But last time you brought Lunar, and honestly, I would be happy yeah. playing that again, too. <laughs> we <laughs> I need figured as much. I think you, That's uh, why, yeah, yeah. I yeah, want redemption. Exactly. 
after that, we had a well. Actually, let's talk about the other one. Uh, your the birthday gift that I got you. Uh, you had gotten me a wonderful gift. I wanted to try and get you something equally as fun, uh, and so I picked up Inside Job for you. I've heard a ton about that. Uh, another trick taker, but with another major twist. Uh, it's basically one rogue agent and a bunch of agents. The rogue agent is trying to collect briefcases by winning tricks. The other agents are trying to accomplish the mission that is uh, basically flipped anew and decided upon each hand or each round of the hand. Yeah. And so if the agents get to a certain number of missions based off player count, they win. If the rogue agent wins a certain number of tricks, they win. It's a hidden role game, so you don't know who the role a- or the uh, rogue agent is, which makes it even more interesting. Uh, I'm happy that it was fun, and I'm just curious where this one ranks for you. Uh, so it it's uh, I've I've like it I like it a lot. Um, uh, we haven't gotten to play yet with the advanced rules of uh, the sort of the asymmetric trick taking abilities and powers yeah, of the different like characters, custom agents. But uh, I think base is a fine game. Uh, we've been playing it with our our uh, lunch group. Uh, they've all seemed to enjoy it. Um, I love the table banter of like oh, the constant so accusations that go it's around so early. When it's it's so really good. funny, and I like that about this game. However, uh, it it as far as like again, it's it's more of a social deduction fun activity than than sort of a yeah. game, right? Uh, and maybe the, the 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 player characters you know mix it up a little bit. I don't. I'd love playing it. I think it's a fun it's a fun game, um, but it's definitely not close to Lunar uh, as far as no, for, you know, no. as far as like trick taking. Um, but it's definitely a good time, uh, and and you know, um, I think if they can, I don't know if they're going to add anything more to it or do anything with it down the road. But I could definitely see it, um, you know, potentially getting even more characters or more different stuff. But uh, but no, I like it. It's fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, I'm with you on the the agents and and the asymmetric powers because the game doesn't have a lot of like strategic stuff going on other than just you know kind of play it down that if you're the rogue agent you know when you take yeah. your tricks and try to mask it, um, which is tough. Some of the missions everyone's are, getting briefcases, yeah. right? So it's yeah, and then also like depending on if you are you know picking a mission that is clearly impossible for the team to do kind of just lays your cards out on the table, so to speak. So, yeah, but yeah, I'm very curious what the, the other agent types do. I think there's probably more game there. We just haven't scratched that off yet. So, but yes, I agree. It's kind of a mix between like a strategic trick taker light and some social deduction, but I'm just, I love the, I love the accusations that fly like literally from the very first trick one and just goes around the table like that over and over. It just, it cracks me up. All right. Uh, after that, we had a game night and I bought, uh, well, crowdfunded mind management many, many moons ago. And we finally got to play it. I had not played it once yet. And we did two games of mind well, should management. We, uh, we should did... we, before we get into mind management, should we, should we talk about, sort of our strategic direction for game nights moving forward this year. Should we talk about yeah, what we've decided? Right. We never did say that. I don't know if we ever really. <laughs> when you say strategic direction, you mean play the things we bought. <laughs> <laughs> Strategically what... 
play the things you purchased that you've not played. Yes. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe I made it sound yeah, more so fancy. The, the plan, <laughs> the plan is basically play the stuff we bought. We had so many things that we purchased through 2022 and 2023. Uh, we've if got not, a lot of like, <laughs> if, not, yeah, <laughs> if not five years ago, yeah. uh, they're, they're all sitting on the shelf. We wanted to play them. You know, we bought them for a reason. We never really got to. We had a lot of games we came back to over and over again, and we thought, you know what? Let's uh, let's do some maybe first quarter or first half of the year getting stuff that I had here played that we haven't gotten to the table yet just to see, even if we just do one or two plays, and then, you know, the rest of the year, your monolithic collection, start mm-hmm. pulling some stuff that you really want to get played and bring it here and we'll, we'll get them done on game night and try them out and see. And the goal there, right, is to play the stuff we bought, first of all, and see if we like it. And secondly, is both of us could stand to thin the collection down of, of stuff we don't want to keep. And so the only way to know is to play them more. And we talked, too, about like putting some ones we played in there, too. Like We talked Arc Nova again, which I would love to play more of. Yeah. Uh, we talked about you know playing Cosmic Frog again, so there's there's stuff that we've played before that we wouldn't mind doing, but a lot of the new stuff we want to we try. And, and when I say new, like we haven't played it, but we've owned it for God knows how long. Yeah, especially in your case. <sighs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like my, hate. My, we talked about it last episode. Yeah, oh, yeah. So that's kind of the approach, the strategic approach, as you put it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, mind management. Um, Which was first this up, is a, right? It was staring us in the face at the end of the last the first game. One. Right? It was like, let's do yep. that. <laughs> yep. Uh, it is a cooperative sort of cooperative game where one player plays a, uh, you know, basically a, a agent for this mind control corporation and the other players are rogue agents. So we've got a lot of agent theme going on tonight and they're trying to track this dude down the recruiter it's called and catch him before time runs out or before they, that recruiter recruits a whole bunch of uh, people to his cause and it's a hidden movement game, so the recruiter's not found at all. Uh, but there's a couple clues to where they start in the intro game that we played. So we played twice. One is the sort of intro game with less rules, and the second one was a uh, you know more complicated version. And subsequent games, if one of the sides uh, you know loses, can use what's called the shift system, which we've talked about before. It's kind of like little mini expansions that come in the box. So. We had uh, Dubad or Brad, our, our buddy, was the uh, the recruiter for two games, and you, me, and Joe were trying to hunt him down. You immediately saw that game on the first game and just were like hunting him like a bloodhound <laughs> and while I'm sitting there trying to do stuff that literally would not even <laughs> help us in the slightest. And then the second game, we kind of uh, used our powers of deduction, uh, much to Joe's credit. He did a good job, too. Fair. And caught him both games. So uh, what did you think of the game overall so far? Um, so I think in general, I'll start off with, uh, I am not a fan of hidden movement. Uh, one versus many hidden movement. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I was skeptical. Um, but I heard a lot of positive things around this um, this game. I, I heard a lot of positive things around the comic and the, the, the sort of the art. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to like a hidden movement game, it probably will be this one. Um, so I was hopeful, uh, but was, was, 
you know, a little apprehensive because, again, hidden movement. But I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this experience. Um, I liked fighting with you about where he was, knowing, like, not in, like, you know, uh, an adversarial (laughs) or a quarterbacking. It was funny. But it was, like, so, like... I couldn't believe you couldn't see it, right? Like, it was like, I I have, um, uh, how do I put it? Like, uh, I have respect for you at the table. And I was like, I almost felt disrespected that you didn't understand my logic at the same time. <laughs> like, it was weird. Like, and, 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 you know, I, um, but I, but I liked it, right? I, I liked the, the the other mechanisms uh, I like the creative cool characters uh, you know um, the weird iconography I don't know it's got a lot going for it um, and um, you know one thing I guess we will comment on is the downside of the one versus the many time yeah the recruiter yeah because they have to wait for two of us to go before they can go once. And um, as I guess I've alluded to, you know, we had some long, lengthy discussion <laughs> on all our turns, <laughs> um, which I don't know if that's the game, if that's us, if that's just the nature of this style of game. Um, you know, usually I mean, it's one a versus deduction many, game. But, yeah. And, and cooperative deduction is even worse. Like think about playing Search for Planet X. I know you're probably shuddering and – Throwing open your mouth a little right now, but you're sitting there like trying to deduce stuff, and then we're doing it while trying to convince each other whose deduction is the correct one. And <laughs> as a result, we just had a lot of downtime. So yeah, I, no, I completely agree about the downtime. That that was definitely uh, not great for him. I think if we do it again, we got to put a turn timer on to make sure he doesn't yeah. want to just fall asleep at the table. But yeah, it's aesthetically, it's so weird and cool. Matches you know, theming wise with, with its source material perfectly mechanically. It's fun. That first game to your comment earlier, it's not that I doubted what you were saying. It's that I felt like I, like we needed to use the mechanics in the game to deduce where he was versus just like straight guessing. Cause if we got it wrong, we're wasting turns. But like, to your point, it, it was so obvious where he was that it was better <laughs> off to just guess. And I'm like, well, wait, 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 hold on. And you were like, dude, we're fine. Uh, and the second game we used, you know, the mechanics no, more because we had to, because we, had we didn't to, right? know yeah, where yeah. he started. Yes. Yeah. So that, that, you know, it wasn't that I was uh, thinking you were wrong. It's that I was no, no. just like, and I didn't take it that way. It was just like, turns, I guess. how do you not see it? Like, I was just like, you're, <laughs> you're smarter than me. Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, you, you were a hundred percent like right on his trail that entire game. And, and we only had like a couple guesses wrong and it was just like 50% chance. So like go with the yeah. odds, I guess is, is where we were, but it didn't matter. Um, if we play it again, we'll get to unlock the shift system, which apparently adds a lot of weird, cool stuff to the game from whichever side needs the help. And I'm really curious to see if we play again what that actually does to the mechanics. I know there's more, um, there's more like allies for the uh, the rogue agents. There's kind of weird stuff that the recruiter gets. So I'm just really no, I'm curious excited. what that does to the game. So we'll have to play more mind management this year. Um, maybe we'll rotate who the recruiter is, or maybe we'll just keep it at, at Brad and we'll we'll put turn timers in, see what he thinks. And what but I will I say, I was happy with it. 
knowing that just that base game, right, the base advanced game, whatever the second one was that we played, right, I and knowing that there's more to unlock and more to try and more to play with, I'm excited, I'm, I'm pumped. I can say that this is, pr- if you could only have one hidden movement game in your collection, it 100% should be this one. Um, and that's two plays. I haven't touched any of the expansion stuff, but I know how good this, that first, you know, the, the real game is with the four, uh, what are the inquisitors or whatever they're called? Death eaters, dementors, whatever they are. Death eaters. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't even remember what they're immortals. That's it. Immortals. immortals. Yes. I knew there was something with films, but Death like, eaters. Um, I want to call them that now, <laughs> but it's a good new minis, but it is so such a fun time and the best hidden movement experience I have ever played. And I've done uh, about three or four other hidden movement games that were enough to make me say, I never wanted to play a hidden movement game again. And uh, (laughs) this game redeemed that whole genre for me. I was very apprehensive about getting this played with you because I know the genre (laughs) is not your favorite. And I, I honestly have never played a hidden movement game that I know of. So that was my first exposure to it. And I, the only other one I know that's like fairly popular, it's been around, and I don't know if it's just because it's recency bias or, or not, but Beast was the other one that a lot of people swear by. Uh, but I think well, this is like one of the most popular hidden movement games in a long time, Mind Management. Yeah, so there was uh, – so the other ones I played were Nuns on the Run, where you're like Catholic school students running from nuns at night in the <laughs> – uh, and again, it's that's quirky. A, it's cute. Um, uh, Fury of Dracula uh, is a hidden movement, and that had three editions. So you know how good that one was. Um, and then, uh, what is it? Letters from Whitechapel, where it's like a uh, um, Jack the Ripper. I think it's. Oh yes, so, yes. I have yeah. Heard of that so one. those are the other ones that I've played, and they were meh okay but nothing like the way i feel as i felt playing this one and again maybe it was the theme maybe it was the art i i don't know or maybe it was the other players maybe it was having me to argue with maybe, maybe that yeah. could be it. i don't know maybe you <laughs> <laughs> it brought the worst and the best out in you at the same time you idiot! My but no, God, I, how do you not see it? I would, I, and I felt awful because, like, you're, like I said, you're usually way ahead of me on these things. But I liked it. I liked no, it. No, not it was a very I, positive. Like experience. I said, I was so focused on the mechanics, and I'm like, I should be using this foot mechanic. There's a, it's in here for a reason. <laughs> goddamn. And no, you, you were right all along. So good job, buddy. For <laughs> for not liking these games, you're good at them. Put it that way. <laughs> oh, thank you. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed right. the experience. It was fun. Now let's talk about one you did not enjoy. Uh, the last <laughs> game night we got together, uh, I also had another Kickstarter that I finally got in called Soul Last Days of a Star. I have heard about this from a lot of folks uh, in the game space, and this is an abstract game where the sun is exploding you are trying to extract as much energy from the sun as possible, which is hastening its death to fire your arc or your large uh, ship full of your species or your, your society out into space to find a new home before the star explodes. And only one, the one with the most victory points at the end, of course, actually makes it out alive. Um, 
you spend the game by moving your mothership around this orbit of the sun and you're crapping out these little sun divers that you then put into certain formations to place different structures down on the board. Some create new sun divers, some harvest energy from the sun, some will uh, create victory points for you. And throughout the course of the game, you're trying to get closer and closer to the sun where you can then hurl your sun divers into the sun for victory points. Um, there's also a deck of cards that is basically the timer for the game. And every time you flip what we were calling the sun's butthole uh, <laughs> or a solar flare card in the real rules, you move a tr- uh, tracker yeah, that, down this dial until it reaches zero and the sun explodes. There's some beautiful art, I, but that definitely looks like a, a, a yeah. an outer space maybe butthole. We, uh, <laughs> maybe we're looking at buttholes too much. And, uh, and I don't look at a lot of buttholes. In fact, I don't really look at any buttholes, so... I'm not really sure where it came from, but it's, it well, does look like a butthole. We could probably anyway, move along from butthole talk, but okay. <laughs> I just want to see how many times we can say butthole in an episode. I'm, I'm just going to call this the butthole episode. Uh, so I, I was excited to try this because I've heard a lot of really good things about it. I've heard that it's uh, an excellent abstract game, that the turns move quickly. There's not a lot of downtime, a lot of positives to this game. And we played it, and I... I Enjoyed it. Um, you utterly hated it. Uh, and so I want to just talk a little bit about what in this game. All right, and you so, don't have to go too deep, but what, what was so bad? All right, so number one, I do. I have to apologize. I need to... <laughs> uh, I feel bad. I, I don't... I was not trying to ruin anyone else's night or to crap on anyone else's thoughts or feelings around the game or the game itself. Um... I just need to maybe have a better poker face when I don't like something. Uh, uh, I don't think right. you have that, buddy. I do. You, you don't. I do. That. I've played poker. I do have a <laughs> poker face. I, yeah, but not for games you dislike. Uh, I know it's hard. This but, is a tough one. for That's me, almost but, like an annoying child screaming in your ear. Uh, but, but I don't want to be. I don't want it to be like a like a diva about this, right? Like I just. Well, I have bad news. I bought I, a box of tampons to put next to you for the next. Uh... <laughs> uh, but I, I equate this game to RTS, real time strategy games, and I didn't really like that genre of video game. Um, and unless the theme was fun or enjoyable, and. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I found myself very bored very quickly with this. Um, the, the turns were barely meaningful until you had a meaningful turn. And even once you're done with your meaningful turn, you have to reset and start all over again. And have another six meaningless turns to then have one meaningful turn. And I just find that not entertaining. Um, I don't know. It, um, it, it, it really, and I realized it very quickly how much I wasn't going to enjoy this game, knowing what I had to do the turn that was on and four turns from then. Like, I just saw Yeah, it. you set a record. I think it was like 10 minutes uh, in. You're like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I, and I just, I, it just, that is not my style. I can't, I need to be immersed 
uh, and, and feel like I'm doing something of value. And you don't recognize the value of some of your turns until five, six turns later. And that just feels kind of man like why why i don't i don't know i i I don't get that and maybe i'm wrong but it just it it, i don't think you're wrong i think it's a style thing it's like a personal personal you i've noticed you and here we are talking about your board game psychology again (laughs) for like the 40th episode uh you really enjoy engine builders and games where you're able to sort of the turns are the meaningless turns are building the tools to make your engine start to click turn after turn after turn after turn and see those sort of crescendos happen. Whereas this is set up, set up, set up, set up, crescendo, nothing. Set up, set up, set up, set up, set up, crescendo, nothing. And so that cadence of, of what's happening in a turn is just so antithetical to what you really enjoy in board games. And I, you know, to be completely honest, this, this one and, and mind manager, the two that I was like, wanted to play first because I thought you would hate them both. And I was right on, I actually thought you'd hate mind management more because it's hidden movement. And I know you don't like that genre, but this one, I because it's sort of, you know, middling plotting in a way, even though the turns, like the turns are quick. It's just like, Oh, I, I pooped out four sun divers in my turns. Yeah, but that's, um, it's, it's exactly the opposite of what you tend to enjoy because after those four sun divers are done, you don't have your engine there. It's not start. Yeah. You then got to maneuver them. Then you got to take them off the board to do something. Like you're right. You are kind of constantly resetting. So I, I can totally see where you're coming from. I don't know. It just it 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 it, it was so. It just it was like why am I doing this? Why am I doing like why? <laughs> it was like there's no payoff. The exploding some. But yet you're sending stuff yeah. into the sun to blow up. That makes no sense. If you don't want <laughs> things to blow up. Like thematically, this is this doesn't even make sense. But sorry, I was just that was the cherry on no, top for it, me. I was thinking that theme on the way out. I was like, not only is this <laughs> frustrating, maybe it's just you yeah. know my style of frustration. But like, you're supposed to be running away from it, not blowing it up. But now you're blowing it up on purpose, and then you're getting victory points for it. Like that doesn't make any sense. I don't know it. There's there's some it's, holes. Uh, it's it's a little weird. <laughs> it's so everyone else enjoyed it to to a point. I don't think anybody thought it was the greatest game they've ever played. But Brad and Joe liked it. I liked it well enough. But I did I did notice something when I was playing it, which I think is a big killer for me. So you mentioned real time strategy games, and it does have sort of a build order, right? Um, yeah. One of the big rules in the game is that every time the solar flare card is flipped, the space butthole. So there it is again. Uh, the outer ring, so the stuff that's not on the sun activates. So any structures you have there activate. Well, some of them generate energy. Some of them can generate sun divers. Some of them can, uh, you know, give you victory points by collecting energy from the sun. And so the build order there is to always build what you need up front, right? I built the thing that generates some energy, and I built yeah. the thing that generates sun divers. And so I had an engine going, albeit a very, very small one, to keep myself stocked with sun divers every time one of those cards gets flipped. And a lot of those cards get flipped in the game. Um, and so why you would ever play that game sort of differently is kind of beyond me. And the only mutator in that game is a set of cards that have these tokens on them. And there's a in that deck with the butthole cards, there's other suits. And as they flip, you know, 
you basically can draw those and you can keep one of them and use that that uh, unique power for whatever color it is. And and there's what, like five thing. or six of those in the game. And, but and that's, that's really the that. only variable thing. If we can touch on those cards, some of them are very, very situational. Like you, yeah, and then totally. by the time you even get to use it, you're already pitching it and chucking it. And it's like, well, then why did you give me this card in the first place? All it's doing is taunting me and taking up space on my board, right? Like, like that is odd. You only have one special sort of power at a time. And it's only an instant power. So it's like, why can't I have maybe one of each suit? I could see not having two of the same suit, but like one of each at least, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think the intent there is because there's so many cards flip so frequently, they want you to burn them as fast as possible. But because they're so situational, you can't use them sometimes. And so, like, you just get rid of them and don't even get the benefit. So it's tough. And maybe it was the combination of powers. So there are, I think there are three colors of powers. I picked all blue because that's what the game tells you to do in your first playthrough because they're more friendly. But there's some red are like player versus player ones where you can go after each other. Um, I think yellow are a little bit different or green. I can't remember the other color. So maybe there's a a bit more game in there. And, you know, I'll play it a couple more times with or without you, whatever, probably without you because you hated it so much. Uh, just to try what those other combos are and see if there's more game there. But one of the big alarms to me in playing with it was like, this seems very samey, and uh, and I wonder about longevity yeah. with it because I don't know how you would change group, your strategy. Every, yeah, like, like I know what I would do now differently. It? I know I would. I know what I would do differently now, in the next playthrough, and it would never change because I know yeah. what you need to do. I, I just. Yep. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think it was uh, any secret that there's just a certain way to go about that game. And to me, that sort of greatly affects replayability for me. So, hey, we played it once. We could be totally wrong, which is why we can't say for certain that we're right and, and that, you know, this is a five-star game or a one-star game. But, you know, yeah. that's just initial impressions for it. Otherwise, you know, aesthetically, it's a cool-looking game. I like all the pieces, good production value, so on and so forth. But uh, we'll see. We're, yeah. I, I'm going to try to get some more plays in with different folks and, and see where it ends up. This might be one that goes bye-bye. And honestly, uh, Soul Last Days of a Star was a hot-ticket item for a while. Um, there was only one printing. This was the second printing. So for the game itself, it was actually quite rare to get it, and it was a premium. Um, if I do need to turn around and sell this, I'm sure I'll be able to find a buyer, which is kind of nice. So, yeah, and I'm. I, it's just one of those things. I feel bad. I don't know about having an. Opinion. I don't think you should feel bad know. if if uh, you play a game that you don't like. <laughs> if you want to feel bad, feel bad about a, a board game carrying at the table. How about that? And you honestly weren't that bad. Like it, it's it's one thing to not like a game and then have to sit there for two hours and go through it. Um, it's another to just quit and not play at all. So you stuck it out and played. You almost won in the end, which is hilarious because you really wanted to win. You're like, I want to, I want to win this. I want to win this games. dumb game. Like, and like, and yeah. that's another thing. That's another thing right there. Like, <sighs> I lost that game because I shit on the game earlier. Right, Joe wouldn't have done that. <laughs> Joe would have given me the game if I had not pitched about the game earlier. Like, that's another thing. Probably. Yeah. You know, he yeah. would have given me All the chance to, to beat you by one point. Turn. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's, yeah. And that's that's pretty dumb, too. Like, not, not Joe, but, like, that whole piece of it. Like, if you're not set <laughs> up, you can't come back, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's another one of those games where you have to execute well, uh, to your point about real-time strategy games. And, and this is another thing, you know, similar vein with, like, Terra Mystica, where you've got to execute well or you're not really going to have a chance to be competitive. And, yeah. you know, this this is in that same vein. So, But, hey, we got it to the table. We tried it. Not your cup of tea. That's totally fair. My, my butt has <laughs> not heard about it. Um, but the space buttholes are sad that you won't be coming back. But like I said, I'll try it with some other groups, see what happens. I I, uh, I, I hope it finds success somewhere else. It it may. And like I said, I'm I'm concerned about replayability. If I play it two more times and I basically can win doing what I just did because uh, I ended up winning that game, I, I don't think I'm going to keep it because I don't really need a game that's just one build order even with the variability of the cards I, I would imagine it's probably pretty damn close every time and i do have that fear just a little with guards of atlantis too when we get it although i don't think that's gonna there's no build order and i don't think it's gonna work the same way no, the very ca- and the, and the character but that but the fact that that's dota so by proxy it's gonna yes. have you know uniqueness to it you know yeah, and, and then also, like, what you draw and all that stuff. Uh, that, that should be a different game, but we'll find out. So that was uh, that was our played list. Did you have any others you wanted to mention? No, I think that... I think that was it. That's quite a lot. <laughs> and there's some heavy no, hitters in there, right? Soul and, and Mind Management were heavy games, and, and Lunar we have played a lot of and really, really love. And I'm so glad that that your lovely wife picked that up for you. And we need to play Mori. We got to bring that one in and get that yes, to the table too. Mori, Mori is definitely next. Um, yes. That I'm one excited. has, again, does a little uniqueness when it comes to trick taking too. So I don't know. I've really enjoyed these trick taking. Yeah. Uniqueness. And, and what year. happens too is we're going to play a bunch of them and we're going to end up finding the two or three that we just absolutely love and have them forever. And I'm happy about yep. that because I could always use yep. more of those in my, my gaming life. All right, let's, uh, let's hop into the top 50, 40 to 31. I led us off last episode. Why don't you start us on your number 40 of the top 50 of 2024? Right. Go. So uh, we have talked about number 40 before. Uh, number 40 uh, is definitely going to be a crossover with Mr. Ryan, but his will be definitely lower on the list. Um, and it's not that, you know, uh, he's wrong. It's just it's more his cup of tea than mine, but I enjoy playing this game a lot. It goes by many names. Uh, one of our favorites is Trees with Knives, and this is my <laughs> number 40, Arboretum. Uh, Arboretum. Yeah, I mean- I don't even know what just, to say about it anymore. Right? Like, it's a beautiful game. It's fun. Uh, I still don't know what I'm doing when I play it, but yet I, I won't <laughs> not, not play it just because of how 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 crazy and cutthroaty and mean this game is. It has other things that I enjoy. Uh, yes, yes. My number 40, Arboretum. You would be correct in that it's going to be a crossover. How <laughs> that goes, we'll see. All right. Uh, 40 for me new entry this year uh that's not a hat i picked this up uh just from hearing it on another podcast shout out to the board game barrage podcast specifically kellen uh this is a party game to the max it's just a box of cards with pictures we've talked about that's not a hat before so i won't go too deep but we literally just played this last week and had a blast it's 
not something you play every day, but when you do break it out, everyone's like, oh, no. And then they willingly play and have a great time. Uh, yeah. There are very few games as simple as this and as cheap as this that do what this does, and that's why it made the list, and it's something I'll probably keep for a very long time because it's just that good. So number 40 wasn't even on the list last year. It's now number 40 on the top 50. That's not a hat. I... This is such a... how. This is so much of a of a of a beauty in a little tiny box. I love it. It's uh, even the crew drawings. You know, I I was making jokes about yeah. calling it something <laughs> like like you know. There's this like horribly drawn dog, and I called it a werewolf. Like just trying to make it more crazy, but yet people were getting frustrated because it's like, don't don't confuse what this is. Stop it. Stop it. Because yeah, the game so, is so extremely, extremely difficult to remember. Um, even just simply re- remembering what's to your left and remembering what's to your right and remembering what's in front of you is just, it's still not enough. Uh, it's a very disarming game. Yes, but I, I love this game. It's just so silly and fun. Um, yeah, this is a great pick. I'm glad it's on your list. Me too. All right. Uh, my number 39 is the is the first uh, new game in this bracket. And uh, it might be number one if this was um, the worst titles of 2023 games. Uh, this is a Star Wars deck building game. <laughs> um this came out last year uh again with that wonky title and fantasy flight behind it i was like Ugh, but it's star wars it's deck building it's got to be good so i took a chance and man does this game do some fun uh in in the deck building genre uh i really like the multi-use cards i like the uh asymmetric bases um i like a lot you know that having a neutral faction in the bounty hunters that are out there could be on both sides. Who you know, sort of whoever has the most money, they'll go side with. Um, the force, I think, could uh, be a little unique or a little bit uh, enhanced, maybe down the road. But I thought it was just enough that if you did play with it and care about it, you know, your game would definitely be different than than your opponents. Um, so yeah, my number thirty nine, new to the list. Star Wars deck building game. Assuming this is going to be moving up, the more I play it and the more content that comes out. So I agree, worst title, uh, but very fun game. <laughs> when we played it uh, here last year, I nor- I'm not a Star Wars fan, which we probably just lost half our podcast listeners when I said that. <laughs> uh, but it's a, you know, it does some different things in a deck builder and I can appreciate that. And I ended up really enjoying it and wanted to play it again because it just was fun. It's like, it's straight up fun regardless of it's star Wars or not. Um, But they take the theme and they do a good job applying it too. So that's a good, yeah. Thematically it's done really well. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, It's a good choice. Okay, 39 for me is a game you introduced me to last year, and I love it. And I don't own it, but I want to buy it. But we've played it a crap load, and so I feel safe adding it to this list, and that's Hungry Monkey. Um, I had heard a lot about Hungry Monkey, and you had picked it up on a whim, uh, I think, at at, uh, Games and Stuff in Maryland. Is that right? That was a a Maryland game purchase. 
brought it to our uh, our lunch group, and my God, we all fell in love instantly. It is one of my favorite sort of ladder <laughs> games. The chicanery that happens in this game between players and trying to keep people from going out is just so much fun. Um, the art is great. I mean, it's just it's such a good time to play with a larger group of people or a smaller group of people. We played this with four and had a blast. We played it with six. We had a blast. Uh, it's just really, really good. It's a fantastic card game. Uh, I need to buy it. I just need to buy it. So number 39, Hungry Monkey, and thank you for picking that up. Uh, and actually, I need to back it up. I did not buy the games and stuff. I bought it on my uh, uh, family trip to Pittsburgh this uh, last year, remember? Oh, that's right. Uh, that's right. Where I took a, I took a, I took a long shot trying to find a game store out in the middle of nowhere of Pittsburgh because <laughs> I wanted to shop. <laughs> but yeah, hungry monkey <laughs> scratch is... the itch. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, but yes, hungry monkey is so much fun. I... It's funny. I like... I completely forgot this. <laughs> Yeah, so like this bad. is one I would expect to be oh. in your top fifty, but you just have so much to pick from. It's like oh. it's not surprising that some of these gems slip out, and and for every gem I have, you have another one to replace. So it's like between the two of us, we cover yeah. all the goodies. Yeah, I just have to put it on the list now, so I remember to look at it for next year. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's but no, wonderful. hungry and uh, hungry monkey's great. Uh, I really, really like this game. The art is neat. The characters are cool. You know the 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 special abilities of some of the cards. Yeah, it's just this is the. You called it ladder climbing. Is that what you said? I, I thought it was more. What is it? Card shedding, right? Is that what they call it? Different type. Yeah, of- like ladder climbing is beating the card on the table basically and shedding oh, okay. is trying to get yep. rid of all your cards. So it's a bit of both, really. <laughs> Yeah, this is this one does it. I don't know. This could be the best shedding one, I think. Oh well, no, there's others that are. Oh, there's so many good shedding <laughs> games. God, all right, sorry, it's up there. It's Move definitely on. up there. Move on, moving on. All right, um, uh, my thirty-eight uh, was twenty-eight last year, so it dropped ten spots. Again, just dropped because of some of the new stuff and. Honestly, we it, it didn't come out in 2023, maybe, or at least maybe only once. Um, and this is um, one of my favorite sort of PvE to PvP to PvP to PvE. Uh, the miniatures are amazing. Uh, they're cool, these little chibi characters, and that's Arcadia Quest. Uh, this is such a fun... Just fun experience. You know, you're trying to get a, get the most coins and level up to go to the next, when you go to the next area of this castle or the, the next sort of spot in this map. Um, and again, you're trying to make your characters as cool and unique as possible. Again, it's got that tableau building, a little bit of combo. But then, you know... You could snipe people's kills, get their coins. You could snipe them, get their get coins for killing them. Uh, it's just a beautifully fun game, uh, and that is Arcadia Quest. Yeah, uh, this is already covered on my list and belongs in yeah. the top fifty. I've had so much fun playing this, and plenty to say about it. But we've already said so much. It is uh, one of my all time favorites, and will stay that way even if I haven't played it in a while. And I would love to play it again. At some yeah. point, we're gonna have to do that. 
Especially because you have like everything ever made for it. <laughs> yeah, we should do a full day of Arcadia Quest. That, oh, that would be, be awesome. Yes, just, not, would you know, be fun. just get through a whole thing, right? Including awesome. a dragon or two. It would be great. Ooh, nice. Yeah. All right. I, I have two of them. I've only ever tried one and got smashed, so still have <laughs> still on my bucket list of games. Uh, all right, thirty-eight is Cat in the Box, down from twenty-three last year. Still a great trick-taking game. We talked about this a little earlier in the show. I still love it. It's still a lot of fun to me. The only real reason I can think of that it dropped is because we didn't play it a ton in 2023. And also, there are a lot of trick-takers that came out this year, like we said. So um, there's some other ones that have hit the hit the uh, the zeitgeist that I kind of want to try more, or, or sorry, play more than this. Like, for example, Lunar. Um but Cat in the Box is still very, very fun. It's still very, very great. We played it at PAX. I had a blast. Uh, and it's one I'd always play again and again and again. So still in the top 50. Uh, just dropped down uh, what? Uh, let's uh, math, Ryan. How many spots is that? That's uh, 15 spots from last year. Uh, still in the top 50, though. Cat in the Box. Yeah. I think I talked about this earlier. If this is one of those trick takers I feel like I'm so bad at, but I love playing the experience is such a good time. Um, you know, the little bit of um, sort of backstabbing that can go when you're putting out your yeah. your, your, <laughs> your your cubes to screw someone's bonus points. And uh, I don't know. It's got so much to it. But like I said, you know, I think you mentioned it too. There's so many games out there. Again, this was the king of the block last year. Or, you know, to start, I guess to end 22, right? It like took over. And then so many new trick takers showed up last year and i think that you know it's a crowded space right now yeah yeah it's almost like what was it the zombie the zombie genre (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right uh my number 37 is new to the list uh this takes um the i split you choose mechanic and made an entire game out of it, which I don't know if I've ever played another game that does it quite like this or at all like this. And that is the great split. Um, it has a high player count. I think you can play up to seven people and it will not slow the game down. Um, if anything, it just makes the scoring that much more unique. Um, basically, you've got a hand of cards. You're putting half in an envelope, passing it to your left. The other half in another envelope, you're passing it. Uh, actually, no, hold on. I feel you have an envelope that you're passing to the left. Uh, there's a middle card. Like, there's like a separator card where you're putting it in between the two piles of cards. And you're getting an envelope from the player to your right. And then you're taking a stack of their cards and you're taking whatever's left over uh, from the wallet you had passed. And that's going to be your hand for the round to do actions. And then you are manipulating a tableau or your player board in front of you. You're trying to get scores. It's got a little bit of like that super mega lucky box where I go here to do that. And then I trigger this. And then this happens if I go here. Um, all the while trying to set yourself up for end game scoring. Um, there are, is a lot going on in this board. But it is super simple. Super easy to learn. And once you're done playing, you're like... Oh, that's how that works. All right, let's go again. And you'll play it again. Uh, This is just such a fun game. Uh, Really enjoyed it. Uh, Taught it to a lot of non-gamers this year or last year. And that is the great split. So I still haven't played 
and we need to play. Uh, yeah, I've heard nothing but yes. good things about it, and it seems like it would be a fantastic lunch game. So yes, this would work that for that way too. I can't know why I'm bad at bringing it. <laughs> well, it's not that we it. have a shortage yeah. of stuff to play either, right? Like yeah, hungry monkeys in there. Yeah. So and we haven't played that in months. So yeah, bring yeah. it in. I want to play it really bad. Okay. Uh, Thirty-seven for me is a new one on the list this year. It's a game that you, I believe, crowdfunded, and we played once. And the one time I played it stuck with me, and then I played it again on Board Game Arena a couple times, and I really do love it. And it's just a giant uh, spreadsheet in board game form, and that's Earth. Uh, Earth is really just a, like just a crazy version of an optimization game where you are uh, building an ecosystem, and you're basically collecting cards and building a tableau in front of you to try to make it as... Uh, efficient with all your cards as possible. But the crazy part is your turn is also everybody else's turn and everybody else's turn is also your turn. And so the game just constantly has something to do. There is no downtime. In fact, you are struggling to keep up at times, which I think is fantastic in a game like this. And for whatever reason, the solitaire tableau building genre has worn so thin on me. Very few of those games actually are worth my money or time anymore because there's just so many of them out there. But for whatever reason, Earth does it differently and it does it enough of a way that I appreciate and the downtime thing is the big part of it. It is a bit point salady. I'm not going to lie. Um, calculating points gives you a bit of a migraine, but overall this was a really great game and I, I may end up considering getting this myself actually just to own my own copy, but I really enjoyed Earth. So 37 this year. Uh, in the top 50, that's Earth, and thank you for buying that one, too. <laughs> As you were saying it, I was scrolling on my list, and I can't believe you have it on your top 50. That is amazing. Uh, I did, it did not make my top stuck 50. Stuck with me. Um, I I don't know if I just had to play it more. Again, you might you have, you, know, you said you played on uh, online a couple times. So it might have um, stuck with you a little it's bit better, but everything we um, talked about when we were talking about Soul Assays of the Star, this is the inverse. <laughs> it's engine yes. buildy, it's combo, well. like it's everything you like in a game. It's just the pace is frenetic, and and I think you had a tough time at first because it's so different than most games in that archetype. Yeah, but yes, we have to play it again. I, I think yes. we should have it at a game night too. It's it's. Just I do so want to play it again. I do want to play it again. It was almost too much, right? If if Saul yeah. if Saul That's is crazy. is not a, if if Saul is none, Earth is all, right? Like, and then I like a game in the middle because like there was so much going on in Earth uh, that it just I don't know I, I it bothered me that I had so much to do and I was missing <laughs> stuff. Well, like, we'll give you your riddle in next but, time so you can focus and. But no, I I appreciate that you liked it, and definitely don't buy it. If you're gonna buy it, you can have mine. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Ah, uh, that's funny. All right, number thirty six for me. Uh, and again, the, the couple of these are gonna just shift a little bit. You you, you heard a, a Arcadia Quest drop ten. This one dropped uh, nine. Uh, and that is, um, I think I've mentioned it several times, it's my wife's favorite game uh, that is not Clue, uh, and that is uh, Sagrada. Um, 
This is one where you're drafting dice. You're building a stained glass window. Uh, if you've not played it, I don't know why you haven't. It's an amazing, fun game. Uh, it's simple. My, my son at, at eight and nine really loved this game as well. So it definitely plays it at different age counts. Um, I think it might gain momentum if we can get through or start the Sagrada Legacy <laughs> that I got last year. Um, but yeah, Sagrada's a fun game and usually that's a go-to every time my wife is like, all right, let's play something. I'm like, what do you want to play? It's like, how about Sagrada? I was like, oh, okay. I could have just <laughs> grabbed that myself. <laughs> Never asked. But uh, yes, Sagrada. Yeah, uh, I want to play the Legacy game really bad. Like, I can't wait till we can start that. I think it's going to be fun. The base game is awesome, so a Legacy version of it. It was always sounding strange, but I've heard nothing but great things from everybody that's played it so far. So I'm excited to try yeah. that one. And Sagrada itself is very much a classic. If you didn't uh, listen to prior episodes of us, we did go way back and interview Adrian Adamescu, who's one of the designers of Sagrada. It was a wonderful conversation. Yeah. Check that out. I don't even remember what episode number it is, but you can go through the backlog and find it. All right. Uh, 36 for me is down from 29 last year, and that's Everdell. Uh, I love Everdell. I've always mm. loved Everdell. I will never not love Everdell. It is another one of those sort of Build your own tableau, not a lot of player interaction games, uh, multiplayer solitaire as it's called, but it's the OG for me. It's one of my favorite games because of how beautiful it is, because of the theme, because of the execution, and I own the baby coffin version, the complete collection, and I don't <laughs> play it, and I regret getting that, I think, sometimes, because every time I want to play it, I look at that box and be it like, looks, God damn it, looks it menacing. Oh my god! It's I have to unpack you. I have to yeah. set like, even though I have it, it's it's a wonderful production. That box is amazing, and it's so well organized and sorted, and all the inserts are great. But setting that thing up is like getting Gloomhaven ready at this point, and it's just uh, I don't want to put the effort in, but I need to play it more. We have all the expansions, New Leaf and Mistwood, and all that stuff, and we haven't tried any of them yet. And I know I'm gonna love them. Everdell is number 36, and it'll down from 29, it'll stay on my top 50 because it's still the game that I want to play if I'm playing multiplayer solit solitaire. solitaire. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll definitely talk about Everdell again. But yes, it is very intimidating. Uh, I think the last yeah. time I touched it was when I put it all in the coffin. Um, it hasn't been touched since. It's Which like is burying sad, but... a loved one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Without getting too on that morbid. note, <laughs> my number thirty-five, um, down from twenty-six, is my favorite uh, boss battler. Uh, we talked about it a lot, I think, last year, or the year prior, potentially, um, because we were hoping that there would be an expansion last year, um, but production pushed it back. And that is Townsfolk Tussle. Um, basically, you're going to this little town, getting some gear, getting some equipment, and randomly selecting some bosses, depending on what level boss you, you know, who you pick for what level, they will change. And you go and try to beat them. Very simple. You work together. Um, but the bosses are all very unique. And depending on the scenarios they're in, 
they even excel and get more unique. Um, there's a lot of boss battler type games out there. Um, this one, I think, does it the simplest without making it boring. Um, it's like just just complex enough that you're like, hmm, if I do this and then I do that or I, I combine this with that. Um, but yeah, that is Townsfolk Tussle. It uses um, an old-timey art style uh, that's just, what is it, rub, rubber hose? Is that what it's called? Yep. Uh, but um, very, very cool. Very, very neat. Um, characters are just super crazy and cool. Uh, and that's Townsfolk Tussle. Yeah, I want to play this one too. The boss battler genre has grown a lot over the years. Again, you get kind of some rehash or sameness. Vagrant Song's in that group, and this is in that group. But both of those got such wonderful reviews. And I played through one, but not the other. So Townsfolk Tussle's on my list. All right, uh, 35, crossover, tournament fishing. You talked about this last episode. We had such an amazingly fun time with this incredibly thematic deck builder, and it stuck with me all year. I still want to play it again. It moves a little slow, but not so bad, but everything else about this game is just amazingly fun. Uh, I love fishing. I love deck builders. This somehow captures fishing in a deck builder, even the bad parts of fishing, which is what makes it so great. We've talked about it a whole bunch on the show, so I'm not going to dive too far in. But if you're interested, go back and listen to some of the other episodes where we talk about it. This is new to the list for me in number 35, Tournament Fishing. And again, thank you for buying this one. You sensing a theme here? <laughs> yes. So half your list you wouldn't play if I didn't spend money. <laughs> that is correct. Yes. Nice. No, it's fine. No. Yeah, Tournament Fishing, uh, I think it was... You know, obviously, it was slightly higher than yours, which I find amazing that everyone loves this as much as they do. I think it's good, but you guys really, really enjoy it, um, which is probably why I don't fish a lot because <laughs> it's so <laughs> much. It's so uh, – well, again, uh, Saul actually feels more like fishing than fishing. Um, <laughs> well, good. I'll expect to see that in your top 35 next year. <laughs> Uh, no, but this is a good pick. Thank you. All right. Uh, 34 uh, dropped from 25. Uh, this is character sheet, the board game. Uh, the best part about making a character in any RPG <laughs> is the character creation. And this is role player where the game is based on creating a character. Now, over the years, role player has evolved and, and turned an entire company into a, a, almost a genre of game, right? The role player universe. Uh, there's four or five different games that all are in that world. Um, but in role player, you are, uh, drafting dice, drafting, uh, you know, trying to, you're drafting equipment, trying to make the best character, uh, that, uh, hits mathematically the right brackets for your uh, character, you know, your, your character attributes. I think there's eight per character. Then there's an alignment track where you're trying to move this little cube around so that you can get good scoring at the end. Uh, some of the expansions, they added combat where you're fighting minions or fighting little monsters. Um, they added familiars where you're going through a market to try to collect these little cool characters similar to like the equipment. 
uh, and then ultimately they brought this all home where you can play a, you know, a, a round of role player and then bring that character into an epic story driven campaign game called dice or role player adventures. Um, so yes, this, um, this has been one of my favorite games of this type for a long time, even though the, how unique the theme is, you know, the drafting dice that, that represent numbers, um, you know, to try to do math, you know, has, has been done, but not quite as eloquently or elo- eloquently, eloquently, uh, yeah, you, got, you got the basic English down. <laughs> right. <laughs> so elegant <laughs> how this one does it. And that is role player. Have you played so, uh, this yet? I have never played role player. I, need to. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I feel the- <laughs> last year we talked about you not playing it as well. Yeah. When we did this list. <laughs> well, it's like impossible, right? We have to pick what to play in limited time and there's just so much to choose from. And, you know, this falls on that list too. So it's like, we'll find a way we'll find a time and we will play it. Uh, all right, number 33 for me is down from 17 last year. And this is one of my favorite two-player games. Hold on, buddy. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You should be on number 34, yep. not 33. Oh. oh, yeah, I skipped one. Thank you. Oh, well, I spoiled it. 33 is Watergate. There you go. Uh, 34 <laughs> is a new <laughs> entry to this list. Thank you for catching that. Uh, I picked up Spicy at PAX this year. And I've heard a ton about Spicy as a fun uh, sort of bluffing card game, which is one of my favorite genres of card game. And so I got Spicy at PAX. We played it at PAX. And ever since then, I have loved it. Uh, It's one of my favorite bluffing games out there other than maybe Cockroach Poker. It's just really, really fun with a big group of people. Tons of laughs. Very easy to play. Although I will admit the fact that they named uh, the cards wasabi pepper and chili and then there's a pepper that is chili has confused just about everybody that i've played the game with so they could have (laughs) maybe not done that but the art in the game is great there's variations on play modes for a small box card game this just has so much going for it and it's just such a huge amount of fun so uh number 34 for the first time on the list that's spicy and i don't see this one falling off for a while i enjoy this one a lot too um and as someone who Really butchers the iconography of games. This one was no <laughs> exception. I really enjoyed that the first time we played it at PAX. Uh, Spicy's a good one. Uh, do you want to do number 33 and then revert, twitch, change the order? Nah, go ahead. All right. It's my fault for being uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's like we're playing my management. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Uh, oh. Low hanging fruit. Oh, all right. Number 33, new to the list. We talked about it earlier tonight. It is literally the best trick taker of 2023. Potentially won't be unseated in 2024. And that is Lunar. This game is great. Uh, it, it, it brings back the love of spades because I used to play spades on a team, uh, religiously two nights a week. Uh, and I love that about this. I could see having a lunar league where you bring your partner and do a tournament. Oh, I just, I know it's not going to happen, but I love the thought of that possibly being a thing with this game. Um, if you like trick taking, if you're an old spades player, you definitely have to own lunar. It's so good. My number to 33, lunar. 
the idea of a, a lunar league it's very intriguing to me i would absolutely play in a lunar league i wonder how that would go like competitive lunar if that would even be like possible because it would it, you, you would do it towards so bracket much, style you would do it yeah, bracket style. it is you bring so your, much like yeah yeah it's just it could work it could definitely yeah. work it would be fun oh man now we I gotta think, set that up screw lorcana <laughs> you just need multiple copies of Lunar. Yeah, lots of them with the metal. We need the metal add-ons. They're just so cool. Plus, I, I'm still thinking when someone gets pissed, you can kill somebody with that metal. <laughs> Fill right, uh, with it. Yeah, just swinging it. <laughs> uh, you know who's who needs doorknobs when you have game add-ons or upgrades? Yeah, right. Upgrade components. Uh, number thirty. Number thirty-three is Watergate. Uh, one of my favorite two-player games down from 17 last year. I got to play this a few more times this year. It still stands strong. It's so tight, so fun. Uh, it's just such a great design, and I don't really ever get tired of playing it. And it's one that my wife actually still enjoys too, despite being not a co-op game. She will play it, and she beat me, I think, the last two times we played too. So she's got this game down pat as well, but it's just so fun. And I know there's another one out there that's... that's um, chess themed and at some point i gotta play that one but for now watergate is one of my favorite two-player games of all time so number 33 watergate is still on the list i i really enjoyed our plays of this as well um i know everyone was real characters but i loved making fun of those people too i thought that was great <laughs> Uh, they you can't know, hear you. Half of them I are know. dead. <laughs> yeah, most of them are already in the ground. Um, but no, I, um, I'd be now. Granted, obviously, this was based on you know a a blemish in in our presidential election or our, in the history of our president. Um, but uh, it'd be interesting if they could find a way of doing this with other types of things because I think this is just such a neat. Like Thanos gate. Yeah, no, I don't mean. To. <laughs> well, 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 we all know get Thanos. Marvel theme at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got, well, we know Thanos was right, right? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, not even that. Just other history, almost like how you know the guys from Undaunted sort of pick up different war, yeah. different. I could see something similar to Watergate, you know, you know, as well. It could be neat to see other historical little events like this. It doesn't always have to be scandalous, but um, but no, I really enjoyed this a lot. Mechanically, I thought it was solid. Yep, it's a good very one. good push and pull two player game. <laughs> yeah. So my number thirty two is new to the list. I feel like we played it early in twenty twenty three. Um, so it wouldn't have made the list last, oh, I guess it could have made the list. No, it wouldn't have made the list last year. Last time we did the list, we wouldn't have been able to, it, we didn't know about it. But we also played another game this year that made me remember or it resembled this game in my head, uh, which is why now this is back on or this has made the list finally. Uh, and that is a game called Imperius. Uh, in Imperius, you have, uh, uh, basically everyone has a, a faction and you shuffle those factions together 
and then you draft cards. So you're actually drafting your opponent's cards as well as you're drafting your own cards. And then you're playing this column-like sort of scoring combat where you're putting cards face down, you're putting cards face up. People are moving cards around with special abilities when others are triggered. Um, and you're hoping to score those locations. Uh, again, I think it was, what, three or four rounds? Whoever has the most points at the end or the most locations scored, you know, they win the game. But this is uh, so unique in its uh, its drafting of card play and sort of how you're arranging cards as well with them, the manipulation of cards once they are played. So we'll talk about that a little bit later, but Imperius... Uh, I think started, you know, not a lot of games um, do anything that this game does. It's very unique, and they could probably learn a thing or two from its uniqueness, and that's Imperius. I'm surprised that's on your list, as and let alone being as high as, as it is. Not because of the game not being good or anything, just that we, we really didn't play it a ton, so it must have really made an impression. I, well, you'll... <laughs> uh, yes it did i really enjoy it <laughs> i really enjoy it i love the concepts of it i want to play it more because of it um, but we'll talk later about really why it's on the list I'm, I'm now very curious all right uh 32 is an all-time great and down from one spot last year and that is code names uh i play this every year Without fail, with at least my <laughs> wife, if not with a group of people, it is never going to be a bad game, and it will probably never fall off the top 50. It's just so good, and lasts. it just stands the test of time. It's a fantastic design. It's fun every time. There's variations on it. There's pictures. There's duet. There's base OG game. It's just so good, and I'll never get tired of code names. It is the evergreen title on this list and it probably will never drop off along with a few others so number 32 down from 31 last year code names and i still love it very much i forgot how much you really like code names i know we play it a lot more than most people <laughs> yeah, yeah um but yeah this is I find it fascinating. It's it's almost like a, a psychology experiment every time we play. And I love that about it. In its simplest form, it's just guessing, you know, picking, you know, guessing clues. Uh, giving clues, guessing, right? It's super simple. But uh, there's just so much. It is a bit so of a window much. into the mind. Yes. <laughs> and and you're, For uh, better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. But no, Codenames is so good. I'm glad you put it on. All right. I guess what this is the last one, right? Of the of the list, 31. Yeah, this is wrapping up this episode's uh last yeah. one and next next will be ca continuing the countdown the list. Yeah. So this one was 23 last year. Uh it was a crossover last year. Um and I feel like it dropped because we really haven't played it too much. Um, I think we've all really enjoyed it. I think with more plays, we, it could, it could continue to increase. Um, it, it, it has trick taking, uh, in it. It's got area control. It's got, uh, cranky special abilities. 
I mean, it's got a lot. It's almost like the Frankenstein of games, but it does all of them very well. And that is Brian Boru, the High King of Ireland. Is that right? Did I get the full? Brian Boru, High King of Ireland. That's right. I did get it right. Yes. We've enjoyed our plays of this. You know, the laughing about the marriage track versus the church track versus the barbarians. I mean, there's just so much going on in this game. And yet it just does it all so fun. And you're never bored. Um, you know, losing a trick is also fun sometimes because you get to do something awesome. So, I don't know. It's just got a lot of positive stuff in it. And that is Brian Baru, High King of Ireland. Which it I mixes. believe is going to be on your list at some point as well. Yeah, <laughs> very likely, yes. Uh, <laughs> it mixes so many things together in a way that is normally going to fail but works so well with this game. And it's just, it's a really good design. It's The theme doesn't get me. Like, it's kind of boring-ish, not great, but, like, it's not terrible presentation-wise, and that helps make up for that. But underneath the hood is just such a fantastic game. Excellent, excellent choice. Uh, I'll wrap us up for tonight. Number 31 is a new entry, another one I picked up this year. Again, a lot of small box stuff this year. And this one might have been one of the ones that hit the hardest for all of us, and that's 12-chip trick. Uh, I think you had this on your list, so this is a crossover from last episode. Um, But my God, for being as simple as it is, and you brought this up when you discussed it, this is such a good game. It's so much fun. It's so brain-burning in a very non-tiring way. Uh, It's just really well-designed, and God damn it, everything's better with poker chips. Um, I wish more games like this that were easily accessible and fun to play were more readily available than a lot of the chaff small box stuff that gets thrown out on the shelves of target and other places, because this is a perfect example of something that anyone can pick up of any age, play it, get it and have a good time. And 12, everybody we played it with loved it. So it really is a crime. It really is a crime. The 12 chip trick is not next to scout at target right now. Right. Scout just hit the target shelves for thirteen dollars. Um, it's twelve chip trick should be right next to it. Hungry monkey should be there. Spicy should be there. Target really needs to take a deeper dive into some more products to get on these shelves, um, because the world needs to be playing these games, not just our small niche hobby. Yep. Uh, yep. These games are fantastic, um, and people will love them. We, they, we, we taught truly these games will. to such a diverse group of people, and everyone loves it, and everyone goes and buys it. It's amazing. Yeah, we joke constantly uh, about how we should probably start <laughs> doing an online store where we get commission because we just we bring stuff into the office to play or we, we bring stuff in for game nights or whatever to play, and we just instantly sell copies of games because people are like, where would you get this? How much is this? How can I... And the, we've sold, what, five copies of 12-chip trick. We've sold at least three copies of Scout. Uh, we yeah. probably sold copies of Hungry Monkey. Sea Salt, sea salt and paper. paper. Like, it's just, yeah. we'd be making money, buddy. We're doing this the wrong way. But that's okay. We do it for the we love to be, of the hobby. <laughs> we need to be door-to-door uh, board game salesmen. Yeah. <laughs> like the old Hello, vacuum sir. salesman. Would you like to buy Hello, this? Hello, like, is your husband home? A board game? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instead of knives, I've got card games. Careful, the edges are sharp. In my, uh, yeah. my cornflower blue leisure suit? Oh, <laughs> it'd be amazing. 
Uh, yeah, we'd probably get arrested. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, we will be back in a couple weeks to continue the countdown from 30 to 21. Looking forward to revealing some more stuff on there, some new stuff and some surprises I think you'll find, uh, you especially on my list, and probably the same for me to yours, except for Soul Last Days of a Star. I know that won't be on there. Uh <laughs> You can uh, find us on the internet at www.playgamesloosefriends.com. You can check us out on Instagram at playgamesloosefriends or on Twitter slash X, whatever, at PGLF show. You can email us at playgamesloosefriends at gmail.com if you want to talk to us, ask some questions, give us a topic to discuss on the show, or anything you want. Please hit us up. We would love to hear from you. If you like this show or don't please leave us a review subscribe and rate it on any whatever plod, podcast plat, podcast platforms that's a new one podcast platforms podcast. that you listen to <laughs> us on we uh we need to get the show out to more folks and we would appreciate any help there so please leave us a review and like and subscribe and we will like and subscribe to you as well i don't know how but you just assume we're going to do it because <laughs> you've got to pay it forward in life Ken, anything you want to uh, close out with before we head out for the night? Uh, no, just hope you enjoyed the uh, the podcast. Yes. <laughs> I'm cr- we're creating new genres here at Play Games Lose Friends. It's a, a podcast that moves at a snail's pace and isn't interesting in the slightest. But hey, you tuned in, so you must find something good here. All right, everybody. Hopefully. Thanks again. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. And we will see you guys soon. In the meantime, play games, try not to lose your friends, and enjoy. Bye-bye. Later. Later.